Welcome to our inaugural episode of the uh, Aeropedia podcast. We're very excited to kick things off here. We are. So we're your hosts, uh, Ashwin Yadhav and Peter Soot, and we're excited to have you on board with us. So let's quickly um, introduce the podcast itself and introduce ourselves as well. Um, and, and just let's try to give the audience an understanding of, you know, why have we started this podcast? There's so many podcasts out there already, right, Peter? So why did we specifically want to start something ourselves? So I think when we met each other and talked through things, it was clear that we both love commercial aviation. So, you know, in talking through that, who doesn't love uh, meeting other people that are interested in the same things? And we wanted to introduce this exciting industry to others who might be interested in it. And I think, you know, you hear a lot about pilots and you hear a lot about flight attendants and, and those things that are very tangible and things you people you see in the industry. But there's so much more to this industry. Uh, and I think that's what's really exciting is to introduce all the different aspects of commercial aviation to our audience. So Ashwin, who do you think should tune in to our podcast with that in mind? Yeah, so the, the idea here is for the Aeropedia podcast to be a very easy listening podcast, um, something that is, you know, high level, basic, um, something that anyone can really tune into to get a better understanding of the aviation industry, right? And and we're talking avid travelers, um, curious minds, young professionals, students, anybody who's not even in aviation today and wants to get into aviation tomorrow um, would really benefit from from this sort of a podcast, right? And I think we wanted to um, really cast a wide net because there, there's so many specialized podcasts out there already. Um, so we wanted this to be unique and very, very entry level, right? So um, basically anyone who wants to learn anything about aviation um, could, could tune in, right? Um, and each guest, um, I think we we kind of wanted to have the uniqueness uh, flow through it. So each guest will have an opportunity to participate in trivia, right? Um, and and you know they'll hope to become kind of the next ultimate av geek through it. Oh yeah, that's the best part I think. Anyway, is the trivia, and we we decided to do that because it's a fun way, like you were saying. Um, just to, to test someone's knowledge, but also learn something in the process. And it's totally fun, easygoing. If, if I think we're going to try it ourselves. And uh, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. But ultimately, at the end, maybe we'll find a champion, uh, the ultimate trivia champion. So, so yeah. And uh, folks can tune into the podcast on most of the major podcasting platforms like like Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, etc. Um, we'll also have um, a video version published on YouTube via the Aeroscope Aviation channel. 
Um, and we intend to be very active across all of the usual social media channels as well. So, you know, happy to interact with, with all our viewers, our listeners via any of these mediums and, and looking forward to really growing um, this, um, this podcast. So in the first couple of episodes, um, we thought that we would introduce each other. So we would take turns in being each other's guests um, in, uh, in, in the podcast series. So this time we will be introducing you, Peter. Um, are you ready to go? Uh, yeah, affirmative. Let's go. Okay, so um, I think you know this is something that um, we love to ask um, everybody who's you know even closely related to aviation is, is you know how did you get into this right how how what's your earliest memory and and what got you hooked onto the industry? No, that's that's a good question, and it's interesting because so many different answers right of how people get into it, and uh, so. Part of that question is what your earliest memory is. And I was trying to rack my brain about that. And the earliest memory for me, it, oddly enough, is um, I can't place it where it was or, or what it was, but I was sitting on an airplane as a child. And I remember on the, the window shade, um, it was it said McDonnell Douglas. They actually put the branding on the, on the shade and that. But at the age I was, I didn't know that McDonnell and McDonald's was spelled differently. And so my first inkling was like, this airplane is McDonald's airplane. And like, isn't that interesting that you can have food, make food and make airplanes. But of course it was McDonald Douglas. But that was my first memory as I was thinking back in my childhood and that. But but what put me on the airplane is I think what kind of got me into aviation. And, and so my dad was a consulting engineer. And so he'd have different jobs and projects he would do in different places um, around the US and around the world. And so with that, my mom and I uh, oftentimes got to tag along, um, especially during summers and, and things like that. So I had this experience of traveling and the excitement of going to new places and seeing different cultures and, and different places that was really, I think, just got into me um, and something I really enjoyed. So um, that's how I got into aviation, funny enough, and with the McDonald's airplane. So, Wow, interesting. And do you remember what, uh, what leg and what airline it was? It would have been from Portland. So I grew up in Portland um, and I'm guessing, I'm trying to think back because in that time it would have been McDonnell Douglas airplanes that I probably would have flown for out of Portland would have been DC-8s or DC-9s. Um, so my guess is probably United DC-8 to Chicago or to Denver, so. Right, yeah, makes sense, yeah. And yeah, wow, I, I wish, uh, it would have been an interesting world if McDonald's actually made planes, right? Yes. But that was interesting, too, because if you recall, and maybe a lot of people don't, but United Airlines then ended up having uh, an agreement with McDonald's where you could have a Happy Meal on board. Uh, so maybe it was a foretelling or something like that, because this was before that. So. <laughs> wow, yeah. Or maybe they made a spelling mistake on that window on purpose. That could be, too. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Um, so the next uh, question, uh, and I'm sure everybody's wondering, right, who is Peter, right? So just walk us through your professional journey and, and you know, highlight some of the, the key points. Sure. Yeah. So with the childhood I just mentioned and that, obviously I was 
very early in my my age that I enjoyed aviation and that. And I would say my career then took off from that. I knew I wanted to do something in aviation. Um, and in fact, when I was still in primary school, I had written this report around Portland International Airport, PDX. Um, and I put it all together. It was all the airlines and, and routes and the rental car companies that are at the airport. And, and I put this all together and I submitted it to the airport um, just to share with that. And I was interested in learning more about the air traffic control. Um, and it ended up going, my report went to the FAA, who in the US operates the, the air traffic control system. And so I went and got a tour. They invited me in and, and I got to do that. And that eventually turned into um, a role. So when I was going to university and that, I'd stayed in contact with people there at the Portland Air Traffic Control Tower and the Terminal Radar Approach Control. And I became a clerk there. So um, helping with changing manuals out, um, I gave tours of the facilities and things like that. And and from there, that's where my career really kicked off. So I really got an introduction into how the airspace works, why airplanes fly where they do, the routes, and how air traffic control works. Um, I was going to school to be in business. Um, I enjoyed that part of, of things outside of aviation, too, is business and marketing. Um, so I, I took a jaunt over then to the, the airport operator, the Port of Portland that operates uh, Portland International Airport, as well as some smaller airports in the area there, as well as the the, the seaport, um, the river ports there in Portland, and um, worked there in, of all things, noise management. So using um, what I had learned in the air traffic control side of things um, to be able to help explain to the population why airplanes fly where they do, um, and then we monitored also the noise um, that is generated around the neighborhoods around the airport in that. Um, so that was really interesting to hear about that side of the industry and understanding that there's a, a population that uh, is not too keen about aviation and the negative impacts of it, um, but really educational too um, around how you can blend the benefits of what aviation brings along with how do you mitigate some of the not so great things that come from aviation. So. So with that, that was interesting, but I really wanted to get into marketing and business side of things, which was my passion for, for the industry and my education. So um, went over to what at the time Rockwell Collins had a division in Portland that makes head-up displays. So this technology helps pilots uh, in all phases of flight, uh, but in particular, it has advantages in low visibility conditions. And I was working as a proposal manager there, um, helping promote that system and then onto marketing for that system as well. Uh, and then from that time, there's been other company acquisitions and things like that. And I've progressed in both marketing and strategy for a large uh, avionics supplier in the industry. So... That's kind of my career and path uh, in a nutshell. Wow, very, very interesting, Peter. Um, and uh, I think that kind of leads me to my next question. In Within the aerospace and aviation industry, there's obviously so many different um, technologies at play um, at any given moment. And, and there's obviously a technology roadmap for each of these. Um, so, you know, what according to you, 
um, are you most excited about in terms of new and innovative technologies out there? What do you think is going to really, really move the needle um, for um, flyers out there? Um, and, and which technology really excites you the most and why? Yeah, I think, uh, two, so two things um, that excite me, one is kind of a category of systems. And I'd say um, around, with my experience with the noise management, and again, the the pros and cons of aviation, I think we're at the cusp of so many things that are going to improve efficiency um, and the environmental impact of aviation. I think that's really exciting um, of having all those technologies, fuel sources, and all those things together that are going to make aviation sustainable for the future um, so that the next Peter and the next Oshwin can grow up and be excited about aviation and it's proliferating and doing well. Um, so I think that in general is exciting. And then recently too, and it's going to be a shout out to a company, but I'm really excited about um, what Regent is doing with this Sea Glider, which is a wing and ground effect vehicle. And I don't know what it is about it, but it's this like blend between aviation and sea. And then there's, you know, the wing and ground effect is really brings an efficiency that you can't get in any other part of aviation and the ability to connect um, that way is really exciting to me. I think maybe a link of it is in like the Vancouver, Victoria um, area and the Puget Sound, there's always growing up when we'd go up there, you'd see float planes, right? And and the ability to, to transport people. Um, I remember AirBC uh, Twin Otters flying into Victoria Harbor and I always, that piqued my interest in that. And I think this is like the next generation of taking um, that concept um, with a whole new type of vehicle, so. Yeah, that's that is awesome, and and we've seen a, a bit of movement in, in this industry uh, as well with um, a lot of the twin order and 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 dash six operators kind of you know getting into more electrification, right? So yeah, very cool, and really um, you know I think it's 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 an area that of course you and I will will keep a close eye on, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so switching gears a little bit. Um, you obviously travel a lot for business and pleasure um, and, and being the av geek that you are. Tell us um, about a specific flight or, or travel experience that that's really like imprinted in your memory um, with, with possible details on, on the city pair, the, the airline, the airport, etc. Yeah, this one, this one's easy. Um, there's... So my name, you'll see for people who see it written um, and that is spelled a little differently than most English speakers spell Peter uh, and then my last name. So my heritage, my dad is Estonian. Um, so that's the heritage in, of that side of my family. And when the flight I'm thinking in mind was the first time I flew Estonian Air, uh, which coming out of the breakup of the Soviet Union was the, the airline, national airline of Estonia. It doesn't exist now. There's been other iterations in that, but I remember the first flight on Estonian Air. It was a 737-500 series flying from London Gatwick to Tallinn. Um, and what was so cool is just the fact that growing up, I spoke Estonian in that, but to be on an airplane, a 737, where all the placards are in two Eng English and Estonian, of all languages to have in an airplane and all the announcements in, in a language, um, in an Estonian language was cool. So 
that flight in particular, London Gatwick to Tallinn, um, 737-500. And to top it off, at the time, the the sterile cockpit situation was a little bit different. Um, and so I was actually welcomed to sit in the cockpit um, for the first time on landing into Tallinn on that flight. And so that whole thing was just like a memory that I'll remember forever is pretty cool to be able to sit and observe for the first time of landing in the cockpit. Oh, yeah, must have been cool. Um, and do they still fly that that leg, the, the Gatwick to Tallinn leg? So no, so now there's uh, Estonian Air doesn't exist anymore. There's um, Nordica is the latest version of the airline and they currently don't fly to to London right now, so. Okay, so yeah, so I guess if you need to go from Gatwick to Tallinn now, you have to either go via Norway or um, some that, of the other. Or Ryanair from, I think flies from Stansted. So Correct. London stands to the lane on Ryanair. So okay, okay. Well, free advertising there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and how how times have changed, right? Um, just yeah, the yeah. aircraft have changed, and and business models have completely evolved. Right. right. Yeah. Think of a regional flying a seven thirty seven five hundred. Um, it's not not making money these days in in Europe. So <laughs> in the same way. Okay, so you've given us, um, you know, quite a bit on your professional journey, and there's obviously going to be a lot of folks out there trying to figure out, you know, how do I become Peter, right? How do I get into the business and strategy side of things into the avionics industry or, you know, just a combination of everything you've, you've said, right? So, um, you know, for those young professionals or students or, or non-aviation listeners, right, can you name one hard skill and one soft skill that are really required according to you to succeed on the um, strategic business and, and management side of things within aviation? Sure. Yeah. No, I think, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of different ways to get to a similar point in your career and there's a lot of different skill sets. Um, but I think from a hard skill set standpoint, one thing that kind of I've always been supportive of and I think is important is the ability to make meaning out of data. Um, so like analysis of data, whether it be numbers or how you can create something from the numbers as you collect them. I think that's a big thing and it's in business in general, whether it's financial data, um, whether it's market data around customers and, and opportunity and that, but the ability to translate that information into something of value, um, a trend, a key takeaway, um, that that's what I think would be a good hard skill to have in a strategy, marketing, business role. Um, from a soft skill standpoint, I've always been one to encourage empathy um, from the standpoint of understanding why other people think the way they do, right? Uh, they have a reason why they believe something uh, and so listening, but I think just having that empathetic mindset of, okay, you know, where are they coming from? How are they thinking about it? And I think that expands into when you're doing marketing, 
you yourself are not always the target market. So you can't always just think of, well, what I, what would I want in this solution, right? Because you may not be the, the great audience for that solution. So in marketing, especially being able to think through from someone else's perspective that has a completely different value proposition set, um, what they see valuable, I think is a, is a good thing. So. Yeah, very true. Um, and, and I think we've kind of gone to similar schools of thought. Um, uh, and, and, and I think, you know, along the same lines, uh, I, I feel like understanding perspectives and bias as well becomes so important. Um, yeah. especially when you're, you know, within groups that are making decisions, right. Um, because, um, and, and kind of tying it back to the, 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 the hard skill that, that you mentioned when, when everybody looks at a specific data set, for example, or a specific trend, they infer it in a slightly different way from time to time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, great, great points, uh, Peter. I, I think, you know, just that, that perspective is, is so important to understand, um, when you're working in, in larger teams and making decisions. Yeah. No, thanks. Cool. Um, okay. So, um, now that you know a bit more about, uh, Peter, um, you know, let us know if there's any, any questions you have as, as listeners, viewers that we can dive into or double click on in a future episode. Um, I think, you know, you know, we would love to have Peter just focus on one of these subjects for an entire episode, right? That'll be really cool. And, and we want to give our viewers and listeners the ability to do this. So it's going to be a very interactive approach um, in the future. Um, Peter, would you be open to being a guest and double clicking on one of those uh, subjects in the future? I don't know. If, if people want to hear more, I, I guess I can, but I'm more excited to hear from other guests coming in. But yeah, absolutely. If if and when the, the right time is, we'll be happy to deep dive in any of those. So, awesome. so cool. I think, Ashwin, this brings us to the point where we uh, wrap up the podcast, but with our final segment, right? The Aeropedia podcast trivia round. So is that what's coming up next? Yep, that's what's coming up next. Very excited about this. Um, and I think this is something that will feature in every single episode um, th that we do. Um, so folks have, you know, that trivia to look forward to in every single episode. And, and the idea here is that we will quiz our guests on various topics within aviation. We'll, we'll quiz them on, you know, airlines, airports, um, passenger experience, technology, things like that. Um, and and we want our listeners uh, to to learn, right, at the end of the day. So I think that there'll be tidbits here and there that, that you won't know about aviation that, that hopefully um, you know, you learn from, from this podcast. Um, and then also, I think, you know, we also want to find out how big of a geek our, our guests are, right? So this will be a good measure of that, uh, that nerdiness, right? Um, uh, you're putting the pressure on. Yeah. But do we, do we share now, Ashwin, with our guests that you actually wanted me to go first to see how, how I do? Yeah. Some we game theory here. We could, we could share that. Yeah. I, I really wanted Peter's episode to be first so that, um, you know, I could see how he does and then prepare myself for it. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think, you know, having said that, let's dive into it. Um, so at this point I will share my screen. 
And for those of you listening in, we have our video version of the podcast. If you want to see any of the pictures we pull for this episode and this section, feel free to, to look at it on the our YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully for the for the ones just listening in, we um you know we 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 do a good enough job of actually translating uh, everything that's on the screen as much as we could, right? So without further ado, Peter, this is your trivia. Um, the, the, there's five questions coming up. There's no real time limit, but I mean, don't take like 10 minutes per question, obviously, right? Um, well, let me get Siri ready. Um, and uh, yeah, go. Yeah, your phone, your Siri, uh, everything else. Okay, so um, the first question that I have um, for you, Peter, is um, the New York City metropolitan area has four major airports. Name them. Okay. Well, you've got New York JFK. You have LaGuardia. You have Newark. And then you have Stewart International, I believe is the other. Or White Plains, if that's the other one you were thinking. Yeah, so th the correct answer would have been um, Stewart, White Plains, or Teterboro, right? Any of those are acceptable. Um, okay. But yeah, the, the, the New York City metropolitan area is very, you know, densified. And, and you know, these, these airports are absolutely key to anybody flying in and flying out, right? So I think um, over the past uh, decade or so, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but I think uh, Teterboro and White Plains have become a lot more prominent, correct? They have, yeah. And and Teterboro in particular for business aviation, getting in and out of the area, um, very, very popular there. Uh, and then White Plains, a blend, yeah, of commercial and business aviation, so. Okay, cool. So moving to the next question. Um, the Boeing 747 entered into service on January 22nd, 1970 on what route? Oh my gosh. I'm thinking, I'm going to think out loud so you can laugh at my, my, uh, thought process. I'm thinking Pan Am was launch Pan Am or TWA. And I'm thinking domestic i think it was like new york to la or la to new york maybe for the very first flight or first service but okay, so I'll, I'll give you like a, a couple of clues here so you're right on the pan am front it was pan am okay. that had the first flight um one of the locations you mentioned is correct um the other one is not in the right continent Okay, so <laughs> New York to somewhere, <laughs> yeah, over the water maybe. So New York to London. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that was the okay. Point. All right, that was so Pan Am introduced uh, the seven four seven into service on on the New York London route. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, this picture actually for those watching this on on our YouTube channel, this picture is actually off that first flight. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so the next one is actually a visual clue, but but I'll I'll try to make it a bit more explicit for the listener. So name the airport in this image that also goes by the ICAO code of RJTT, right? And and in the image, there's basically 
um, a piece of land that's kind of at the edge of a city um, that has two parallel runways. And then there's another runway on a slightly separate piece of land that looks to have been artificially made and it's connected via a taxiway, right? So this is a pretty unique airport, I want to say. And the, the ICAO code RJTT might also give it away. All right. So yes, this one is Tokyo uh, Haneda Airport. So, and the island runway is what opened it up. Then the slot control was um, released so that foreign carriers could fly in and out of, of Haneda um, because of that island runway, so. Yeah, absolutely correct, Peter. Um, and uh, yeah, good point about Haneda. I, I think before that, Narita was um, absolutely tapped out in terms of slots and, and capacity. Yeah. And um, this uh, expansion of Haneda and, and the slot management absolutely just opened the city up um, to the point where I, I believe now, if you're flying Al Nippon, um, they fly into both of these airports and uh, they also provide free bus service uh, between the airports if you're ever transiting via Tokyo. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, next question is, um, what aviation job function has the following primary job description? Inspecting and testing aircraft systems to ensure they are in proper working order, identifying and diagnosing malfunctions or other problems in aircraft and aircraft systems, and finally repairing aircraft and performing routine and maintenance updates to aircraft components. It would be a certified repair, maintenance and repair technician, AMT. Yeah. All right. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a certified. I totally massacred the name. So anyone listening that has that role, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we'd love to have you on. Help <laughs> correct me. Yeah, so it is. Um, it is a certified aircraft maintenance technician. Absolutely correct on on that. And yeah, we'd we'd love to have some AMTs um, on the show at some point, uh, talking through all of these cool job descriptions and and then you know getting into some of these details. Awesome. Okay, and the last question I have for you, since we're keeping this short today, is what is the corporate and operational home base or hub airport, if you want to call it that, of Air Asia? And this one, you're thinking of the main Air Asia, yeah, right? Correct, the main Air Asia. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Yep, that is correct. All right. All right. Yeah. So see, uh, all of these were fairly easy, probably, right? I was I was debating how easy they were. I don't know. There's <laughs> good ones there for sure. Cool. Okay. So hopefully, um, everyone that was um, watching and listening, um, you know, got a good dose of trivia here. And uh, you know, if if you had any thoughts on any question or any answers, let us let us know. Um, yeah, and, and looking forward to doing more of these trivia uh, questions with, with future guests. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I want to thank everyone that joined us today, too. Uh, feel free to subscribe and like our podcast if you enjoyed this and want to hear more uh, at aeropedia.podbean.com. That's our site hosting. 
Um, also, through any of the, the hosting sites that you may have found our podcast on, feel free to like us and share it with anybody else who might be interested. So thanks again, and we look forward to seeing you on the next leg of our trip. Bye for now.